0: Fuck me,
1: good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever applies to you, and welcome to EuroLeague. I'm your host, as always, Rich, uh, and let's face it, we may as well rename Worlds to EuroLeague at this point, eh, hey, lads? Uh, we're just that good. Uh, today, not bad, not bad. <laughs> today, as always, I'm joined by chronic rogue Delta, turned non-doubter Kira, who is now, I believe, back on the rogue bandwagon. Uh, which can only mean a cursed timeline from here on out, I'd imagine. Uh, I'm also joined by Chronic Winner Seal, obviously the uh, strategic coach for Rogue. Um, So yeah, obviously it's been a bit of a banging week thus far, and we will obviously get into all things groups here. But before we do any of that, as always, uh, I have to ask my patented Would You Rather. And I think it's a bit of an interesting one, okay? So... It goes as follows. Would you rather NA as a region continues to deteriorate and becomes even more of a meme than they already are? Or would you rather that NA actually sorts its shit out and by next year actually became like a massive powerhouse and joined like what I'm now calling the big three regions, Europe, Korea, and LPL? What What do you think, Kira? What would you like to see happen to North America? Just disappear into collapse no, of entropy entropy uh, people what? The memes aren't actually
0: worth the eff- They are rippling effect of like losing like any like. It's a huge part of like the talent base. It's a large part of like the viewing base. Like, people often always meme about like ha ha ha, ha lol like Chinese like numbers. But if you go look at like any like sponsorship deals and all that, like American clicks are like rated higher than like European clicks that are rated higher than like U- Asian clicks and. Nonsense like that So I don't know it's, it's funny to like Laugh at them But as someone who's actually Like a native Like NA watcher And believer Like You know The format actually Hurts NA more than Anything else So Wait you're You're an NA believer Yeah like I've always liked Like NA as a region I've probably watched like I've watched NA since its conception, almost every single
1: game. Okay, NA, NA, enjoyer rather than believer. Then I no, as in, like
0: I thought like the TL teams and the TSM teams were like good and would have made it out of
1: groups and stuff. Oh, okay, because I just you know yeah. very cu- quickly wanted to go back to Kira, if we all remember, said because uh, we haven't actually been able to address this yet. I realise, even though it's been a while that our good friends Mad Lions <laughs> I three to zero any <laughs> North American team. And what were we yeah. blessed with? What fell into our laps? A best of five series between Mad Lions and a North American team. Do you want to talk me through that one, Kira? Yeah, it's
0: easy, right? First of all, they changed their ADC. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. All bets were right. off then, I guess. No, like oh, the, no. the one right. exception was if EG no. specifically changed mean
0: Danny was fucking a massive problem on that team. Two, right? I didn't re- realise this game coaches were going to run it down all worlds, right? And that was from the the point I had actually seen Mad Lines then. And three, I was actually like memeing the fuck out of Mac. And I was being like, playing it off like, oh, sorry to wreck you. But all of a sudden the sarcasm just like didn't come through, like that one. I've okay, been tweeting I it out, so not okay, bad. Okay,
1: okay. Well,
0: I, did, I, I did think, no, no, no. I did think Mad Lines would 3 of them, by the way. So I'm quite yeah. happy to say that, so...
1: There we go, and, as everyone pointed out, that is the first and only time ever the n a b e u in a best of series, which is fucking mental, if you think about it, but also I mean, to be fair, we haven't played one well, for was, i mean to be
2: fair it's it's Europe's fourth seed, which has never happened before, right? We got like Russia's slot or something right, and then you know they didn't do the best domestically, right, so I think it's a bit egregious to say. I mean, you have to realize EG was the Spring Split champions, so and they had four of their members like remaining as well. Like whatever. We're also, you the could third say. seed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could say. That, I mean, I think third and fourth seed gap is quite big, by the way. And it is big, back. but it's also yeah. the fact like
0: they did change a player that was like with <laughs> shit.
1: Oh, he no, had. I mean, like, I, I mean, he had crippling issues potentially, right? So I don't know how much we can read into that. I mean, Danny wasn't yeah. always always bad, but I mean, what what do you think, Seal? Obviously, as a uh, EU representative, like, what what do you think of of NA? Like, would would it be sad for you if they disappeared, or would you just kind of bask in the hilarity of it all?
2: No, I, absolutely. I'd be I'd be very sad. I mean, I, I think I almost ended up in. I would say. Okay, I mean i can I can say it now in um I almost ended up in l a last off season, and Thomas, who is our GM fly, gave me the opportunity to come to rogue at four fifty two a m in the morning. Um, so so it was like just before I agreed to sign with e g um, who we're talking about now, right? and uh, I have a lot of uh connections and and uh, um, friendships with that team. I have a lot of respect for their coaching staff and what they do right and i also have a bit of insight on what's going on but um in general it'd be a massive loss to both the community and uh, league of legends you know in general if we lost na so of course i wouldn't want to the, se- the reason to region to deteriorate but i think that you know this year uh, really showed what na needs to be working on right which is i think infrastructure is a big part of it like champions Quees is just a is a temporary solution. Like they need to yeah. somehow address this uh, issue in high yellow and, and rank in general with high pink, uh, you know, and then obviously I think uh, just general structure and in with that, uh, out with the old and in with the new kind of mentality with some of the old people that are involved um, in the yeah. industry. So, uh, yeah, no, I, but I, I mean,
1: sorry, gone. on. All right.
2: So just, just one more thing is that I actually have a lot of hope because I think, you're seeing a lot more rookies join the join the infrastructure nowadays. I've heard a lot of rumors about downsizing in North America. Rightfully so, due to the economy and obviously, you know, uh, most esports being a uh, 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 startup, venture capital run business, they need to like reduce their uh, burn rate, right? But in general, you're seeing a lot more rookies come up. I think a lot of the coaches in academy were really good. I would say most of them were really good compared to the years before, and I, I think that. It will continue to improve as we as we uh, go into the future. So I have a lot of hope for the region. And I, obviously, I never, I would never want North America to die.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of like my logic is a little bit of I'm kind of rooting for it to go really, really badly for now, so it reaches like break point, and then some of these things become forced, right? Like it's like, okay, we yeah. have to just. But again, I had this mindset during the 2016 election, you know, I was like, this is brilliant. Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. It's a fucking disaster either (laughs) way. They're just going to rehaul the whole electoral college system over this. Like there's no way this can just be allowed to be a thing. Right. But obviously nothing came of that at all did it in fact when trump won i was like this might actually even low-key be a good thing if they you know he'll get impeached within a few months and then they'll be like you know guys we can't carry on like this but again it just went from fucking disaster to disaster so yeah maybe uh that's a uh cautionary tale hot- but be careful what you wish for there, kids
0: hot take for you here any will probably never actually upgrade as a region even if they have, like build up all this fucking infrastructure if they don't break the region lock yeah, like the internalized leagues, like uh, NA being its own league, EU being its own league, LCK. That structure hurts NA more than any of the other leagues,
2: by I mean, far. I, I agree with uh, that take, and I think Thorin talked about it a lot, how, you know, in, in CSGO, you have these majors, yeah. right? And I think that that is a really, really interesting concept. Um, Just look at the Dota circle. <laughs> that's but- the same. I'm not sure if if it would completely break the region per se, right? I mean, I, I'm not sure no, I'd it would help it would
0: help the region no for
2: sure would, I think I mean that's what I mean. I, I think that it would help the region, but I'm not sure I would conclude as to say, like you know it would it would uh, doom the region if we didn't do this and there would be no improvements just because uh, from my perspective, I think there's actually a lot of underrated uh, talent no, uh, there's, a,
0: there's
2: a there's a huge amount of talent in North America despite all the memes. and there's a huge amount of casting talent as well. so I mean, uh, you know, I, I'd be really sad if that region went. And the other thing is, I think uh, there was a lot of old talent that was just being recycled uh, in North America, even more so than Europe. Um, because, and and the, I mean, and, and the reason is, the reason is, uh, I think a lot of North American viewership came from controversy and, uh, you know, shit talk yeah. and trash talking in a way. And you know, in a way, it's it's excellent, and I think that they should be doing more of the storytelling and creating these narratives around players. I mean, if you see most of the supposed greats that people, you know, look back on and, and missed Bjerksen, you know, the, the bio, uh, um, bio and uh, the double lift, but I think lift, they're called the yeah. bio lift duo. You know, um, they had the afro they had the Aframus, um Russia. Russia, You know, like all these all these supposed like uh, rivalries in the past and the narratives made the region really interesting to watch. And I also think that it, it gave a lot of motivation for um, people to want to come in. So I think that's, that's missing there in terms of like um, sales and viewership numbers and stuff like this. And if viewership numbers go up, I think it's better for the region. But in general, I think, uh, yeah, as I said, a lot of these narratives um, carried on to the, to the current, uh, to the current uh, ecosystem now, more so than Europe, because in, in North America, they didn't create new narratives, right? They didn't really have new narratives since, I think, 2015, 2016. Whereas I think in Europe we had so many new narratives. We had, um, you know, Larson in his final like championship, Odeomne coming up from you know the olden days, still still in the in the ecosystem. And then um, yeah, the reckless, the caps, the perks. And so I think it will just continue to grow, and it will be continue. It will continue to be more interesting in Europe, whereas it hasn't really happened in North America. And once it does, and once uh, sponsors and teams start to realize that talent matters, probably a little bit more than old old storytelling, right? I think that we'll we'll see some positive changes there as well.
1: I think but last thing on the the topic of NA sort of infrastructurally, but I think one interesting thing that no I've never really heard anyone talk about is the longevity of the greats. Like people will meme like, oh, if you go to NA, you're retiring and you're gonna if you can go there as a really good player and you'll disintegrate immediately, whatever. And I actually do think there is quite a bit of truth to that, even though it's probably very overstated, right? But what I think is actually really not been said uh, as i just uh, alluded to before i haven't really heard anyone talk about this which is think of the longevity of the european grades versus like the North American greys and by the way some of them have still have really good longevity like Bjergsen for example yeah he's not what he was at all but he still had good longevity but generally those players haven't lasted as long like some of the greatest players of all time who've been playing from like season five season four people like Otto, Perks as you've already said like these guys are still like really legit right like they can still be on championship level teams whereas people players like Poe Belter, Bjergsen, Jensen, Aframu, it feels like they're filling spots almost because of a lack of people that could take their place. Uh, I mean, again, Reckless in the EU, right? Like, There's so many fucking good AD carries in the EU, but Reckless would still be one of the first names you go for because he still kept his level. And I wonder how much of that is to do with the infrastructural problems uh, and the ability to like stay... Uh, motivated and to have like good practice consistently because of of the issues you've said as well. With solo queue. Like, I'm a massive believer, by the way. That I think the fundamental issue with North America is solo queue. I do believe that. I think the discrepancy in stories that people will say who've experienced like Chinese super server, Korea, EU West, and NA is huge. When they talk, when they reference NA, I do think that basically playing on high ping and playing against a very small pool of people compared to the other players. Like it's it's, you're just bound to not be able to be as good, right? Like You're just not gonna play against as good people as often in ideal conditions. And I think that is the biggest problem. I also think that if Riot said, click their fingers and boom, it's fixed tomorrow. Like everyone can play, you know, it, maybe it's an Eastern server, Western server, whatever, and everyone can play on 25 ping or whatever, that more people would come back to the game, more people would try the game yeah, sure, ping's a little bit of a nuanced thing. It's not like it's going to hit the mainstream and like, wow, League's at 25 ping now. Now I'm going to play. But I do think a lot more people would put more into it. And it would also be uh, sort of uh, an extended hand to people who live in a bad part of the country for ping, right? Like, again, if you're not living near the server, what, how how does that affect your motivation to become a pro player? If you're a 15-year-old and you live at home with your parents in the fucking uh I, I mean i don't know where would be the worst cap, uh, catchment area for this right but whatever that is it's going to be a huge swathe of uh, areas towns, cities or whatever where you're just like fuck it i i have to play on 90 ping where i am i'm just not going to bother so i think that is the biggest fundamental issue with north america and i'm not sure that it's ever going to be fixed or at least in the like i, I don't know what they even do about that like i can't see riot announcing after this season there's going to be a new server or something so yeah I mean, who knows i uh,
2: uh... I have a question for you, Rich, for this one, just real quick. Because, I mean, I, I agree with the ping. I think that it, it impacts mechanical ability greatly. Like, for example, if you look at Oceania, our ping in Sydney is like eight. It's 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 fantastic. So you actually get pretty mechanically solid players in, in Oceania. They're just really dumb, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Uh, m- most of them. I mean, no filter. I mean, and also, there's the lack of people as well, so you just don't get as much practice. But um, my question would be, How much do you think the environment matters? Because I actually think the environment and mindset matters way more. Like, like, In my opinion, what NA needs right now is just a a new generation of people that don't give a fuck about whether or not they get to keep their jobs. That's what I think. I think job security and playing politics and not being able to say things that you need to say, for example, these are one of the biggest reasons why uh, they're not improving and why the old guard stay. Because if you look at a lot of the old guard and look at their personalities... They're just too big to for orcs to kick him out anymore. Like if Bjorkson tells his if Bjergsen tells off his players and his, his um his his fellow teammates, you guys are being bloody lazy. Why are you not playing solo queue? Who's going to speak up and say that? Oh, you know, who's going to call him to HR? Nobody. If Doublelift says to his teammate, you guys are all completely trolling and it's unacceptable. Who's like, is management going to say? Okay, we're going to bench Doublelift because he said that. Whereas the new players, they don't have that, so they're just so worried about job security. Whereas in EU, it's normalized. if you if you have like a rant, right, or you have a bad day, it's just a bad day. you know that's it. and it's it's holding people accountable. So how much do you think the environment actually matters and how that uh... like, mindset?
1: Yeah, I mean, as Kira said, there's obviously a huge cultural impact with just how America is as a whole, especially with the Zuma generation, for sure. Like it's exacerbated to high heaven. And also, to your point, there is also an issue of people being recycled. Now, what I would say is, EU went through a really extended period of time where the same useless people were just being perpetually recycled. And it was really difficult to, I mean, Fuck fuck it. People like Broken Shard, right? Like, this guy... Go on this guy's Wikipedia or Leaguepedia or whatever and look at how many fucking teams this motherfucker was on. Like, it's absurd. Obviously, never lasts more than, like, five weeks because he's fucking useless. But still, it's like he's a name or people know of him. And that was the thing. You just recycle these people over and over again. Whereas now, because the ERLs are so established, you have three legitimate leagues, let's just say. Or, eh, two and a half, really. Let's just say LVP and LFL, right? So you have so many more teams teams where coaches can actually stand out potentially, do a really good job, do amazing drafts, whatever, observable elements where it's like these new talents in coaching can emerge. And I think we have actually slowly got rid of quite a lot of the grifters. Obviously there's still fucking loads of them, but it's way less bad than it was before, right? Whereas in NA, I mean, they're getting some of our grifters. Like Gilherto, he's just over there grifting his ass off. Obviously his ass has been sacked now as well. But it's just, it's just still a big problem because it's more incestuous in North America, right? And you don't have a queue of people who are dying to go over there from Europe and like clean it up, as it were. So yeah, I think it is that those two things together are big. But that's kind of more on the professional level once you've already reached that threshold of considering like either being a pro pro player or a coach or whatever. I think the biggest issue is even more grassroots than that. I think it is the server. I I think that is the the number one issue. But anyway, we have wasted enough time talking about a completely irrelevant uh, region. So let's move on to the best team in the world, undisputedly. Obviously, it's Rogue, and we have to start there. Um, Undefeated, obviously, besting China and Korea like it's nothing. Uh, And why? I mean, as, uh, you know, shocks asked Maorang, I believe, it was shocks, yeah, on stage in an interview, she said, you know, why why are, why is Rogue such a good team? And he just said, we're just good, which I think we can all co-sign that sentiment. But uh, Seal, why are Rogue doing so well? What do you think it is that's led to this great start to Worlds for you guys?
2: I mean, uh, I-, I can say that it's a, a great team. is not just made up of one element, right? So I think um, I'd have to start with the players, right? Individually speaking, they're brilliant, right? All of them are brilliant. If you look at the, the solo key stats, the champion pool, the skill set, they're all uh, incredible. Um, and some of them, like, for example, Womne has been on the stage and he can be a leadership figure for that team as well. Um, and then obviously our champion pools, that's, that's massive as well. So we always have some sort of, I think, edge compared to some Asian teams that tend to be a little bit more linear. Um, and then second, I think, uh, Freddie deserves a huge amount of credit. Simon and, uh, Bloomington, who's there as well. Like Bloomington is uh, one of the key people that's gathered, uh, uh Malrung, for example, and he's just been a top coach for a really, really long time. Um, and both of them are just like really up to date with draft and know exactly what to do, but the important thing about them. And I think that the biggest credit for them too, is that, um, Freddie tends to have this mindset. Which was similar to the way that Yamato viewed his mindset, his his view on his team when he went to Worlds with uh, Vitality, where he talked about how fanatic need to be fanatic, rogue need to be rogue, and he sticks to their identity and he sticks it through. He doesn't just go to Worlds, lose a bunch of scrims and be like, shit, we have to change the way we play because we're getting shit stomped. He says, okay, we're going to make this work because this is how we play, this is what we're good at. And this, the, the amount of credit that this man should deserve is, is a tremendous amount, and I have an an incredible amount of respect for him. He's a very good head coach. Um, And obviously, Bloomington, since since he's been there for a long time, um, and Nico as well, like, together, those three. Um, And then third, I think, uh, is that, and this is being brutally honest, our group is one of the easier groups for sure, right? And people need to stop having this copium. We're not, you know, undisputed the best, right? Uh, As much as GAM were hyped, for example, I don't think they're particularly... They, they, they're pretty good, okay They just well, Let's just keep it at that uh, And then, you know, Tess, obviously I think Tess is a real competitor as well But aside from those two Aside from Tess, in my opinion, that group DRX uh, was like a 6th place playoff team That just had a really, really, really good Regional finals run Had a really good read on, on, the, on the meta and, and had a really, really good read on How to play against the teams in the, in the regional finals uh, Ladder, right? So they made a deep run and they came top two in the regional finals, which gave them the, the third seed, I believe, or was a fourth seed. So, I mean, aside from Defton, what he was able to do, we have a bit of an easier time compared to some of the other groups out there. Let's be real. Let's be real. So, I mean, all credit goes to the players and the coaching staff as well. Um, and yeah, but yeah, it's it's piss easy compared to some of the other uh, other groups, that's for sure.
1: Torok in I'm absolute there. shambles just like in so mean, to that for
0: an hour and a half That's eh. awesome.
1: uh yeah i mean one thing i would say just before i, fly, I throw it over to kira because again i'm i'm definitely high on this eu co- or more specifically the rogue copium to be honest but i think this is one of those times and i think it is very seldom that this is actually said and it's true but it's certainly said all the time every fucking year with whoever the number one seed is I think you can make a case to your point, Steel uh, Seal, on the individual player skill thing. I think that every player on uh, Rogue is minimum top three in their role, um, like individually, and they're all obviously on the same fucking team. So that's that's gotta help. Uh, uh, everything mm. else aside. Ki- oh come on, Kira, tell me which one's not top three. Oh, I guess you're gonna. Well, you're gonna say um, Maorang, I guess is like. No,
0: no, no. I never said Maorang. I think Maorang is top three trimby
1: uh-huh. okay i mean yeah. and you know what i'm trimby, gonna say no. um, I no, know. sorry i'm, I'm not a, i'm not like a, a massive trimby believer like i think i think he's very good i think his biggest issues are actually mental issues personally but i think that the support pool is pretty bad not good. still in the eu and there's like very few people because that's the thing it's like i'm not like trimby's biggest fan or whatever but who the fuck do you put above him? Like, Targamas, okay, sure, there's one. Who else? Me. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, oh no, 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 no. I said, to- oh, sorry. I meant top three in Europe, mate. Oh, I didn't mean right. at Worlds. Oh, Holy sorry. shit. No, no yeah. I-, I was
0: actually agreeing with you. Like, at-, at Worlds, I actually think they are almost, like, top three well, in yeah. each-, That's- each position at the tournament, except Trimble. Okay, I want to put though, my foot
2: it? down on this discussion, and I'm going to let you guys know that Trimby is insane. This guy is so good at the video game.
1: Oh um, yeah, he is. I would I mean,
2: say. I mean, he has he has the struggles of dealing with pressure and like uh, obviously he's, he's like he newer, but he's he's so good. He's so good, guys. Like I think I actually think, okay, all these players and the team, right? Even despite our easy group, even if we were in a harder group, can beat any other team in the world. If, if we're on our good day and we're performing well and agree. we have the draft that we want
1: agree All and right? by the but way seal just in case just in case you think i'm sort of you know anti anything on rogue i predicted rogue would make world finals on this basis and that was okay. made okay, let's not predicated. get too far ahead no, no, no. Start... i'm there mate i'm already there i'm i'm three weeks into the future already i'm literally there waiting for everyone to catch up i'm sat there waiting right? And this was predicated on what I said around finals, which is, I think Trimby is insane at the game. My one issue with him, as I said, is mental issues. And for me, the big thing with finals, because again, it go back and look at the first two games against Fnatic. He is actually, I I, I mean, in my opinion, he is actually choking. I think Rogue had insane drafts and played well. Obviously they lost the first game against Fnatic, but I do actually think that he was falling to the pressure. And he said himself on stage, he was incredibly nervous for the first however long while, while hey, we, were all,
2: that. we were all we were all we all had a lot of pressure going into those years not just Trimby. Sure, sure. I'll tell you that much but I just but- think that
1: after that after that weekend I was like okay this is it now there's a good chance that he's got it out of his system and if he has got it out of his system he is the best like that's that was my opinion is always going to be that the only thing is obviously I haven't seen enough yet to make that conclusion so that's my what that's my caveat on Trimby and I do think it's a big caveat because I think the mental side of the game is a huge part of the game in league of legends i think you can literally lose before you go on stage if you've got a certain mental disposition so i do still have that question mark but i i do not disagree with the talent at all and sometimes that last game sorry, was insane sorry. no yeah sorry go on
2: so, sometimes i wish i could just because i i speak to a lot of people that that and think differently or whatnot right sometimes i just wish i could uh go and plug my brain in with my memories and show what what i see right because if someone is shit right? Obviously, it's a, it tends to be a bit more filtered down when they're on the same team as me. But in general, I tend to be pretty direct person, right? I'm the same inside the team, right? I don't give two fucks if I lose my job. I just do what I think is right and say what I think is correct, right? It's always been the case. And I'm telling you, this guy, Trimby, he has one of the best routines. Um, I think some of the credit should also go to not just our performance coaching staff, but his agent, Fabian, right? He gets up in the morning. Um, he exercises, always. Um, he eats a certain diet that he that he's setting up for for maybe his weight goal or whatever. Um, he plays arams to warm up. He vod reviews and studies the game. Um, no, but it's a thing. You you laugh, but like it's a thing. No, you know, no, it's, no, it's a thing. No, like he plays he plays solo queue and aram like he plays both. Right. I met Malrang in, a, in a one of those arams and he plays warm up arams. <laughs> I mean I mean. Like this guy, this guy has a real, real like championship process, right? Whereas I feel like this is something that Melrun could work on because this guy just turns up and he plays and he's like, I just go in and somehow he just out jungles everybody. Like it happens, right? <laughs> like these things happen. I mean, he plays solo queue and whatnot, but it's not like as insane and like focused on nutrition rigid, and performance. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I really think that this adds longevity to players too. So, so really, um, I mean we'll see where he is in a couple of years' time because I do think that the, the, the attitude and the, the mental stuff could be a, a, a problem but um you know this, this year in the finals it wasn't, I'll tell you that much. I'll yeah. tell you that much. And in the rest of the best of five it wasn't. And it wasn't a it wasn't a problem when we won the best of five reverse swept fanatic in spring split, it wasn't. So, yeah. you know, this guy this kid has a bright future and, and honestly if people sleep on him, man you'll you'll you're out of it.
1: Yeah, just keep just keep in mind that we are I or uh, I'll only speak for myself, of course, I'm nitpicking at the highest level, right? Of like this is this is of the caveat that I think all these players are S tier. It's just like where are yeah. where are the flaws, you know? But yeah, Kira, I mean, you you obviously um thought I was saying something else, so I'll just start there. Like you you no, like, subscribe I'll, I'll take, to that. Do you I'll... think they could there is an argument no, that Rogue so... is top three in their with their roles, like every rogue
0: player is almost a top three position at the tournament. Right now, as of what's being played, like Odo definitely. Maorang, the other junglers that contest them, I don't think have been good. Um I think jungle's a mess at this tournament, like a certified fucking mess. Nah, like go the, with that. One of the people one of the people that I had is like the top tier junglers at this tournament, Tian, is having a fucking mare. Then you've got, like, JJ is is fucking terrible right now. You've got the Way has been, like, awful since the fucking dinosaurs were around. There's actually... so when you actually begin to, like, conceptualise this, there's not that much, actually, like, contesting. Comp has obviously got, like, Ruler and Viper. So, I'd say he's almost, like, contentious, but I still think he's third. Larson is... I still think he's probably, like, third or second. Like, I think people... Like, obviously, there's still loads to go. And I hate people over-exaggerating, like, BO1s. But if you just look at the games that have happened, the Rogue players have played really, really, really well. They have played really, really well. And, like, for example, they played against TES, right? And uh, Jackie Love... Like, most people, including me, have, like, TES as, like, one of the favourites, like, coming into the tournament, right? But yeah. Jackie Love is, like sprinting it like 100 miles an hour down the road like playing like dog shit right but what 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 choice does rogue have but to just pick him off for it i would be criticizing rogue if they weren't like picking up on like a okay. uh, jack so like they're good things like i think people are some people are being like critical of rogue because the teams that they're playing against are like um making mistakes and stuff but like rogue are just like exploiting a lot of them so I think they get popped I like the like the meme of like the passive like rogue team and stuff like that is like dying a death. Like I think there's like a lot of upside to rogue. Like from these games that I've just seen, I've got a huge like amount of hope for them going into like BO5 series, semi final series. I think they look really, really good.
2: If people think we're peaking, just watch our gam, gam game and watch how bad we played. So okay, uh, <laughs> game must yeah, get like, we, we can do that, better. better. We can do way better. Yeah,
0: no no, but not even the thing, but like that we'll we'll get to the gam game if you want, but that full game should be replayed. Like that game's a joke. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, like that that game's just like a complete fugazi of a game. So You know like, it's, actually, it's hard to it's hard to talk about that game seriously in any way, shape or form because in, in terms of the like, competitive integrity of like what happened inside the game, but like yeah, that was probably like Rogue's worst game. But like the games like against like T S and D R X were like yeah. pretty good. Steel,
1: can you actually talk talk to that to that game a little bit like d- do you believe um from from your POV that that was like underestimating gam or do you think other things went wrong like why why was considering they played you know not the best korean team but a korean team who have very good players and obviously one of the tournament favorites and looked way cleaner in both than they did against gam what why from your perspective why was that
2: I, I mean, low-key, I just think that uh, we didn't expect the smokescreen at Nash, right? But there are a couple engages that we just did were bad. And sometimes it, this happens, you know, especially with Melrung, like sometimes this happens. But uh, they tend to be very low percentage mistakes, right? They don't actually happen that often. It's just that it, it happened in that game because we're so ahead in the game and we have so much control. And it's very easy in games where you're ahead to, to mess up. I think EDG... Uh, showed this when they were when they had the 10k gold lead and Maokai completely lost his you know the coach Maokai lost his uh, mind over that game right yeah it's very easy when you're really really ahead in the game to uh, overstay your tempo or overplay um, and then we had these moments for example where we tried to kill the Camille who had like 2.5k HP with an and like eight, level 8 Jarvan right so th- this happens this happens where like if you're too ahead sometimes you make these mistakes um and just winning those out and focusing on those things will be the will, the, will be our focus
1: so you, yeah you don't think it was complacency then on the player's side that it's like oh this is an easy game or whatever or, no no um... no
2: no 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 way no way no way i know i know the i know the players it's, it's not our style to do that we have systems the way that we want to play i mean i'm sure you've heard of how we how we practice and yeah. how i think out the game for example from odo right and the structure that we have and, and the systems and the intricacies of all these things we are disciplined we know how to play it's just that sometimes you have the wrong read on how much damage you can do or how long you can stay. And, uh, you know, those things will be weeded out and they'll, they'll be better.
1: Just on that very quickly, and obviously feel free to say as much or mm-hmm. as little as you want, but mm-hmm. there has been this perception of, you know, even during the regular season, even during playoffs, that Rogue has been like the ultimate, like lose scrims, win on stage, right? Like that the scrims have not been amazing all the time first part i guess is is that again say as much as or no comment as you want but is that kind of still the case and and secondly if if so far as that is true at all why why do you think that's the case
2: well uh to be completely transparent with you um i I can speak about the the playoffs a bit more than i can on the world because i'm i'm working remotely and so sure um my impact is very limited uh and i try to stay out of the way at the moment to be honest because Personally, first of all, I think that most of my responsibilities were done throughout the year, right? I think that having a really good process, having a solid environment to improve, having the systems, this, this is my responsibility, right? And uh, if I'm not there in person and if these things have been done throughout the year, it's better for me to take a step back. Um, so I, I can't really say that for sure. And I think some of our scrims went decently at Worlds, right? Okay. So I, I can't really tell you too much about Worlds, but for the for, for the playoffs, I think it came down to... And I've spoken as many times with, uh, in, in multiple interviews, having the conversations that we don't want to have, tackling the issues that we don't want to tackle, um, just this, this difficult stuff. Because I think that a good coach knows when to pick his battles, right? And a great coach knows when to not take those battles, right? I think, I think. Uh, and that's very difficult, right? Very, very difficult. Um, in In the playoffs, we decided that, I mean, we decided as a, as a group and, and collectively that that was a time to go to battle, really, and to talk about these issues, uh, both in and out of game, right? And what happens is and it severely affects your ability to perform in scrims. And I mean, when I coach solo queue I say a similar thing where there's like a J curve, right? It's shaped as a J. When You, you, you start off at a higher point than your trough. And when you learn something new, you're going to be worse, right? That's just how it is. But then eventually you'll overcome your previous uh your previous peak and and that's kind of what we what we really did i think and i had some really rough conversations and, and said some really rough things that's for sure i can tell you that much so um me aside i think the players too they were really open and we managed to tackle those issues especially when we got three O'd by g2 right um we we were able to have those conversations and, and i think we learned from them and that was the the primary um, reason we did well um, and then obviously there was the other thing, which was that everything went well as well. We got lucky too, because I know you asked about the wind scrims or lose scrims and win games, but it also had to do with the fact that Malmo really, really gave us, I think a bit of, um, a bit of a boost. The environment was incredible and it helped the players just get a refocus and re- be reinvigorated for the series. And so I think that we just played our hearts out and we had a good draft as well. So yeah, everything went well for that, but yeah, I definitely think that the biggest reason. And some players may disagree, but I think the biggest reason was that we did those things in the playoffs more than we did in the regular season even, right? And we had a lot of these in the regular season too.
1: Yeah, that no, makes sense. Um, right, before I get on to this next one, I'm just going to say because, uh, you know, get all my... Again, all my EU hopium out, out, out there right now. I'm getting, I'm getting some serious 2019 G2 vibes. Knock on wood. Like, I, I know that's the last thing you want to hear is uh, somebody's going to jinx it for you. But I, I don't know. I think, I think Rogue l- looks super, super legit. But anyway, so the last thing I want to know from you guys on this, uh, on this specific group is let's put Rogue to one side. Let's, you know, in my head, they're going through the group, but, you know, I'm not going to have you predict that or whatever. But who do you think of, I suppose it's obviously between DRX and TES, like which team, based on what you've seen, Kira, do you think is like the more likely team to join Rogue or whoever else in the uh, in the next round? Who do you think makes it out?
0: And based on the last three games, DRX, like TES are just griefers.
1: You rogue. don't trust them to turn it around?
0: Well, it's, I don't think... I think people should, need to learn what I've been trying to say forever. You cannot... Literally cannot trust Jackie Love, like, ever. It's when Remember the meme is, like, when you stop trusting them. it's exactly when you should trust them. like my fucking rogue betting. But, um... uh, No, like, the way they draft, their coach drafting, he's griefing as well with these, the Narpex. Waywards just having an absolute screamer of a tournament, just can't get anything done. Tian has got none of the early game agency... That he had During the LPL playoffs Which is a large factor Into their leads The only person That's remotely playing Human on the team Is Knight Knight's just Continuing to do Like Knight things And trying to stand tall But he's on Very low early game Agency picks Like Azir He was played Like the Ari But like um,
1: do you think that these oh, no. L- LPL teams in particular have like a weird slash incorrect read on the meta? There's been like it, a lot they, of talk about obviously way worse our top. Like, do, wh- wh- how do you see their meta coming into worlds? Do you think they just have it wrong?
0: But like, w- like it depends what you like mean. Like, I think lo- almost all the teams in the world don't like play like the-, the game the most effectively. But if you're meaning like how the teams colloquially share how the game, like, should be played. The TAS are are also an outlier of that in and of themselves. They they have, like, the Yumi-Sever, like, bot lane that, like, EDG, ha- like, show prowl for, things like this. And obviously, Jackie Love, one of the massive upsides is he has a Goliath champion pool of effective ADCs that he can play. Um, but his actual individual level and greed is, like, short right now. Uh, I don't know, like... I don't think there's a lot you can... There's a lot... I think a lot of teams have got a lot of flexibility against TES, unless they're going to go, like, full like, Knight onto even more, like, early game, like, prior champs, like Talia and stuff, and they're going to, like, move away from, like, more of the Like, they're going to go to, like, the Array more often, the Talia things like that. Like, obviously, I think at this world, Knight is just not going to get Silas, which mm. is, I think... Correct decision Effectively you should just Never give Knight Silas So But I don't think The team's stable enough To scale for a 0 Like for example I'll give an I'll give one In the DRX game Versus Zecca. Knight At A uh, 15 minutes Zekka or something Was like four zero and 0 And Knight was 0 And Knight yeah. had more gold Than Zekka did Right Just from last Titan creeps. That's all I had done But the full game state Was ruined Because bot lane Went full fucking like Nike Adidas advert and just ran it.
1: Hmm.
0: So like, the, the, the team's not stable enough for like The zero scaling and other things. I, like, well, can TS like a TS have like lots of like weird like early game packs? Like they might go to the Galio, they might do the Talia, the Aria. I don't know what the answer is. Like TS is obviously going to have to figure that out. But like when I look at Tian right now, I, the the player who's playing these played these three games, I don't see any of like the version of himself that was at playoffs. There was insane at getting
1: early game advantages, but he like his game looks short, like the team just looks like shambles. Yeah, I mean, what I would say is mine and Torx combined top 20 list is looking like an absolute shambles as well, and mine's looks like, mine sure, like right?
0: absolute fucking insane diamonds, mate. Well,
1: yeah, well, well, uh, moving swiftly on from that, <laughs> anyway, Seal, what do you think about uh, like these two teams? Like, again, um, who, who do you feel? Let's let's put it this way. If let's say hypothetically both were in quarterfinals, if quarterfinals were tomorrow, right? Like, which of these two teams do you think would be a more difficult matchup? Who do who do you like more at the moment?
2: I mean, I I think at the moment uh, DRX is playing a little better, but the way I see DRX is uh, kind of. uh, I think they're all like individually very good, but they have issues like playing well together, in my opinion, right? Uh, And some other issues aside from that. So for me, uh, I think that Tess will, personally, I think Tess will make it out of Worlds, Uh, not make it out of groups, because I think that in in terms of peak potential, um, Tess has the advantage. I don't think that DRX is actually fundamentally uh, one of the better teams at Worlds right now, and and in the group as well. but they're just playing insanely good. And you know, I mean, I, I, I would attribute most of that probably to like death barrel. That's, that's my vibe. Um, if you look at like the way they come and um, if you look at the previous mic checks and how death's been in previous teams. Um, so it just depends. If tests get their stuff together, which I assume that they will, cause they have some time now, right? Then I think that tests will make it. If tests don't get their shit together, then I think DRX will make it. Cause at the moment, in this current moment, they play, they're playing better. But Tef is Tess is playing like uh I think way worse than they they did in yeah. the LPL. So I agree. But uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a good point as well to point out is like we've seen historically at world championships that there have been some huge turnarounds between uh weeks 1 and weeks 2, right? Like even with western I mean, examples, Fnatic week 2 famously, obviously H2K week 2, um like it does happen that a team just gets their shit together right what what
2: what matters sorry so what matters the most of the most in in all teams in my opinion is how they play that's how i think that's that's how i think about the game anyway um i think that the fundamentals and the systems this is what actually matters um obviously draft gives you that edge and it's tremendously important to have a good draft and it might even give you wins that i mean this is this is where i actually stand different from like other analysts right like i think if you have a good draft you'll win a lot of games that you shouldn't but in the end, what matters the most is the fundamentals because if both sides are drafting, like, decently, then, you know, it comes down to how you play, right? and especially yeah, with I, I don't think and... TS
0: are drafting decently. Like, I think I mean, the, the, like, yeah, the, exactly.
2: the nar the setups are, like... I mean, this this is what I mean by fundamentals, though. They have another week to prepare. So the the draft is not going to look the same as week one. If they do, they deserve to leave. That's mm-hmm. I, yeah, I agree, but, like, where do you think... Wait, like, if I look at, like, you're going to have to round-robin this again. Like,
0: where does Wayward move? And, well, that's where does we would move personally
2: for you? Well, I, like,
0: where would you move them?
2: Where would you? I, mean, move I, I can't say that because obviously we're competing yeah. against them. <laughs> yeah. but, I, but I can say I can say transpa- transparently that you can make adaptations with draft overnight, but you cannot make adaptations with how you play. You cannot. I mean, yeah, you can I, some I, sort I think we were fucked. I mean, yeah. he could, I mean, put him on, I don't know, do something creative, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say what, Yeah, right? yeah. but the, the point is that you're not going to be a better playing team overnight, you need so many games of scrims, you need the systems, you need the, the communication, these things are what Tess is just fundamentally better at, look at the LPL, LPL games, whereas, you know, is DRX the same? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Crescent's
0: yeah, macro is cool. literally bring five people med, look for a team fight, and hope to god an objective spawns at a time. Like that's been TS's macro for years. It's the same bullshit. It's so bad. TS's macro I actually sucks. Fucking e- even it's with that bubble. though,
1: they just they need to adapt picks to enable it though, right? Like oh you, yeah, you, but I, I says, genuinely like,
2: don't. I don't know where they really go. You can't actually, change who
1: you are overnight.
2: I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But you have to realize, like, when you play that style, there. Part of their fundamentals is how they play through mid, for example, and how you retake and how you position in teamfights And they're a really good team fighting team, very explosive oh, yeah,
0: they play. yeah, they are, like TS yeah. If, if, if Jacula wasn't getting like picked off like all the time, would actually be like, very good at all these teamfights
2: I'll give you a really good example of a team that um, has incredibly good uh, retaking and positioning, G2 But they're not actually the best at collecting sidewaves and playing efficiently, we are, rogers look at the numbers right yeah g2 won us yeah they can still win right let's
1: let's uh let's talk let's talk about g2 so obviously you know this is it would be somewhat results-based analysis right to say that g2 is mm-hmm. struggling or whatever i mean obviously they'd have liked to be 2-1 rather than 1-2 or something like that but they did nearly beat jdg uh to they, me, are, that... they
0: arguably lost to a bug again another yeah. one yeah, like I'm... they literally—they literally didn't get the way. The thing that makes their composition work with the Darius did not happen. It just failed and so the competition yeah. is pointless and their their chance of winning the game is ruined
1: the minute that bug or so yeah so for people who don't so for people who don't know because i was i was reading about this and i'm i'm not a, an expert on how darius works or whatever but um there it was to do unless i'm mistaken with his how his ult uh works um can you just briefly explain for people who don't know what this supposed bug was like what it was and what should have happened
0: so the bad thing is this when Darius goes to, like, chop someone, if they, like, die as he's, like, in the air as a chop, then you should get the, the ability, yes. the ultimate ability back again If the blow lands. However, if it, like, lands and then the person dies, it obviously, like, self-resets like of his like, own accord, right? Now, he went to do that, and then the ability then went on cooldown, and so then he then has no ultimate, and he's just a Darius stuck in the middle of the team fight. Now, they, their only way... Like G2's only way of ever winning that team fight there is, Darius just guillotining like a a series of people consecutively. Hmm. So the minute that that bug happens, the minute that bug happens, the game is lost from G2. It, they cannot win the fight. It's like so improbable uh, they they win it. The other moving the other way, the like composition is completely over. So how it uh, and people didn't catch it at the time. So obviously that's why it was a chrono break, but it's really unfortunate because there's an argument to be made if you actually look at like health bars on the screen. There's a okayish chance that he does actually like combo off and like ha- like three four targets
1: yeah. before he dies. So, yeah. and I guess he himself didn't realize because they would have chrono breaks right because they lost the fight, so they they would have uh, requested that I guess. Um, yeah, yeah that's a rough one. The interesting thing obviously about uh, G two is uh, again they did lose that game to JDG, but to me what was most interesting is even that stuff aside I mean G2 were really in this game it was a very even game close in gold um you know it came down to a barren fight ultimately um even given the the stuff with, with Darius' ultimate and G2 in my opinion were playing really badly like I don't think a single player on that team I think Yankos after messing up top lane, redeemed himself Parker somewhat. Was having the worst game Targuma- he's one yeah. of the worst games ever had in G2. Yeah, I said that on Twitter. I think Targumas had the worst game he's ever had in a G2 shirt. Flacked. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's hard to, obviously, it's hard to say, like, there was one for sure where it's just like he had no reason to die and he died, but it's hard to tell like how much of blame with that bot lane stuff went on. But caps as well, like people were saying, caps played well, but I mean actually very low impact. I mean it, I'm not like a massive stat whore, but if you look at the damage charts, he did less than like I don't know fucking enemy support or some shit. Like he did fuck all damage, let's put it that way. And obviously broken blade <laughs> was not helped by Yankos's uh, misplay. Top, enemy support say. was Jimmy. Okay, fine. But but not only Uni, but also probably he was out damaged by everyone. Let's say that anyway. So I don't think anyone played well on on G two, which is what makes this interesting. Because again, JDG, another supposed favorite for the whole fucking tournament, right? And. They probably or could have lost the game just based off that bug, even given how badly G two was playing. Yeah. So, I mean, see, what what do you th- have you seen anything different from from J D G? Do you think this is like there's a systemic issue with LPL teams why they're not quite performing? Because again, we can be lazy and go results based analysis and say, well, G two lost and they won, but I mean, in reality, this game could have gone either way, right?
2: Okay, so um, I will not talk about LPL teams uh, because I think a lot of it's specific. Okay, right. Uh, just right. like the just like the uh, best Damn league chefing just in that yeah. way because i think it, it it's helpful for us to have that edge but i will say that i think that g2's adaptation uh, on on taking the Sen- uh, seraphine alistar for example like the Ser- putting uh flacket on seraphine with a different support i think that was quite creative and yeah. you know a good idea maybe some adjustments here and there but i think it's great because i think when Flackard's on these supportive champions, he's actually very, very good. Yes. Uh, when he's on when he's on Soraka, Seraphine, he's actually very, very good. I wouldn't say that he is at the same level as Trimby, to be completely honest. Uh, when he's on these champions, but uh, it's enough where you are avoiding a lot of the smaller details in lane. You are um, looking very solid, and it's a very solid adaptation going to the mid game. Um, sorry, it's a very solid uh, adaptation going to the early game because you don't you can avoid a lot of these skill check scenarios, and then in mid game you just it's all about positioning. And I think he's he's very good at moving around the map and positioning around that as well and helps a lot to have caps there. So I think that with a couple changes there, I mean, that game could have gone either way. The Darius bug was really, really unfortunate. Um, I actually thought that when I was watching it as well. I was like, hmm, that's a bit weird. Why did not they chrono break? And then I found out it was an actual bug because um, uh... it didn't look like it went off, you know?
0: It's a known oh. bug, so it might be on the paper, the the bit of mm-hmm. paper. Mm-hmm. So there might be like one that they don't chronobrate for. That makes oh, sense. People are ah, in, in chat. Okay. So as 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 one of the listed like bugs. But the thing is, for that who to happen?
2: For that to happen, it actually needs to be like point zero two. Like it needs to be on the fraction of. Yeah, a second. It has, yeah, exactly. Where where basically it, the code in in write system counts Darius is altered uh, alt as being used, but not. Uh, and, and, but not having, like, not having not landed, it counts right. as it landing. But the guy died at the same time, so it's that like very minuscule like point zero two second thing that happened. So that I was, have that was to a say,
1: I find it kind of weird that, uh and I'm sure the the chat is right or, or whatever, but I find it kind of weird that there can be a known bug means that Riot's basically saying you're opting in to the fact that this might happen, and if it does. Yeah, there's a a, pa- a paper, a, a
0: document. Isn't there a document given to every single team with a list of known bugs that will not be chrono break for?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that sounds that sounds right. And in in the, I guess there's some conventional wisdom wisdom to that. But I also think it is weird that, for example, let's say the odds of that bug happening are whatever. Let's just say like one in five hundred, right? Like the fact that that happens and then it's like, oh, unlucky, you got a one in 500 and it lost a game. Like, oh. I still feel like they should chrono break for it. I don't know. Well, like, like, uh... It seems weird to me. Like, you, because essentially, again, let's, let's do the reducto ad absurdum of this, right? Let's say it's game five in the final and that's the last team fight. And then it's like, okay, sure, it was written down as a known bug, but it's, it's a bug and it happened. Like, can we chrono break? Like, I don't know. I, I still think that is kind of weird, even though. I can understand for convenience purposes or whatever. Like, if there are bugs that are so rare that the champion is playable and not, you know, competitively banned Jinx. or whatever, that they just don't want to legislate for all that. Uh, I don't Jinx know. Jinx
0: has a really famous one where our, our the blast rocket can just randomly hat twice but it's really, really rare, and they start replicating it, it's like, no one's figured out really how to replicate it, like, consistently, it just sometimes happens, so you'll just, like, sometimes disappear like, you know, she clicks on you, and you just disappear like, sure. fucking vanish, and you're just like, what What the fuck? So I don't know if that one's there or not, but I know that was one that was in the game at a point in time so, I'm not
2: yeah, sure if is... Sorry,
1: go ahead No, I was just going to say uh, to I was just going to ask Akira. like, my my question for um uh, G2, or the last question on this is Let's say, because this is what I'm doing, if I'm any team playing against G2, even though I understand it's side dependent and it opens up other things, I'm banning Senna Seraphine first rotation, first three bans every time if I'm playing against G2. Like, every time. So the question is, if Asian teams clue up and decide to do this, how does g2 balance their team because i think the problem is and this is something i've been raging about it's like every time i see caps on a supportive champion it's like absolute self-fulfilling prophecy of madness because who the fuck do you want to carry the game like flack is not he's just not that kind of player like no matter how good or bad you think he is as seal said very good on certain supportive picks very good seraphine player for example but he is not on a world level he is not going to lock in the fucking hyper carry and carry you to victory right carry you to the fucking promised land that is caps it's not even broken blade either to be honest so if they do figure like if asian teams just decide to basically ban seraphine and senna how does g2 adapt like how how did g2 well, make it level kira i was my th- assessment was that like the
0: first week game would be the one that g2 won and the one that DK won against G D G like I think a lot of people have heard that like GDG is like a tournament favourite, but then naturally not like assess they are like a flawed like tournament favourite. Um GDG were like behind versus EG and EG's like EG had like a complete brain meltdown mid and that's how like GDG got like back into the game. Uh GDG were like eight thousand, nine thousand gold behind TES and games that they like they won. There's like a lot of like f- intrinsic flaws and a lot of things you can abuse against, like, G- against, like, GDG, and I think you could argue, against some, like, better teams, like, or, like, more consistent teams, and remember without a couple of bugs, G- uh, GD- GDG would be 1 and 2 in, uh, in, like, different groups, but instead they're now, like, 3 and 0 and they look as dominant as someone, like, Rogue or RNG, but I actually don't think they realistically are. Um, G... Quickly to go into the G2 angle, uh I think they're fucked if, like, they can't, um... Uh, I think they're completely and utterly really diced if, like, they can't get that, those things. Like, I don't I don't see it, like, being really, like, possible. I think Broken Blade's ability to, like, carry... Basically, like, uh, G2's bot lane requires, like, picks to nullify the effects of them being weak side to activate Broken Blade's strong side of the map. But when they have to play, like, conventional picks... And the weak side, I actually think they're not that good at it. And they actually end up requiring a huge amount of jungle attention from, like, Yankos. And that's already where Yankos, like, doesn't want to be on the map. Also, like, uh, like Ro- thank God, like, Rogue didn't do this. But, like, G2 is a team that's not... as There's always a team with, like, Yankos on it that struggles to, like, look to, like, the farming, like, uh, meta, right? You know and I mean, like, a jungle... Far- heavy jungle farming meta. The difference is, is, like, Rogue are uh, picked... Uh, knowing, like, their bias, like, you know, they still put, like, Jarvan, and Lee Sin and all that, right? G2 went for the Graves, right? Which is a, is a conventional farming, like, jungle, but then you have, like, Yankos, like, over-ganking on it, you know what I mean? So, like, I actually think they need to have a know-thyself as the ultimate adage in League of Legends. It always gives you the best chance to win and beat any team. And I think G2 needs to, like, realise that. Um, I think they've slipped up a bit during... The first week But I don't think They're completely Out of the doldrums I think there's still Like a chance I think DK And GDG Are still very beatable yeah. In the second week Um I know Like Jensen Go Had like talked about it a bit Um And I agree with him here I think the best way To beat uh, GDG Is to just attack Yagao And beat Yagao Through caps Yagao's not a great player He's not a great laner His like Advanced His ability Has amazing Like um, Yagao is like Someone who's like Maxed out his skill set To like 10 out of 10 for his specific skill set, and he's a very, very good team fighter, and he's really, really, really good inside of GDG, but his weaknesses are still very, very obvious, and, like, I think Caps and Jankos can, like, expose them, but, like, how G2, like, rationalized and view of the game could be completely different, you know what I mean? they might be looking at Broken a but I mean, we need even more carry packs.
2: I mean, I think I think what we're really not talking about is, um, there's a lot of, like, internal stuff that we're not, um, aware of. So, so maybe you know, um, you know, Flackett is performing really well on scrims with these picks. Like, you know, like players do improve, and it's not like they didn't play play these in scrims over uh, spring and summer. Like, I think the picks not, are not, good
0: for flat. Yeah, you know, I like. Yeah, these
2: picks. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying Senus. I'm saying other things other than Senus. Conventional therapy, ADCs. So. Oh, yeah. the yeah, conventional ADCs. Yeah. So, so, um, look, I, I just want to state very clearly. Obviously, like uh, those are your words. Not by in terms of like. Uh, That they should be banning center seraphine every game because, like, maybe they have something, or maybe they know something that, um, you that we don't. But something that I can say for sure is that they are very good at center seraphine. That is for sure, right? So I'm not going to doubt Flackard's ability or that team's ability to play through bot side, right? That's something that they need to decide for themselves as a team. But I, I can't say for sure that you know this is one of their strengths and they can pick this up at any moment and they're very good at playing around the soul spikes and the item spikes around center and, and and knowing how to play around the map with this so
1: yeah no I, I i absolutely think the g2 can still get through i would not be amazed if they went 3-0 next week i, I don't think they will but i think there's a very good chance they go to one or something <laughs> take a game either off jdg or or um uh who's the other team in their group but mm. me
0: but yeah, it's been banned against him twice. Yeah, yeah. So it's been banned. Yeah, yeah. I was banned against him. Senna was banned against them twice. I was just
2: joking. who knows? Maybe, maybe Flackit is just going giga Chat in all the scrims and just like going ten zero us all the Asian, Asian Asian eighty carries. Like who knows, right? I press X to doubt that
1: very quickly <laughs> if I could. <can. laughs> But, I mean, I think like here's the thing though, like Flaked ended up on G two on, and this is public information, right? On the basis of exceptionally well played tryouts. So I'm kind of hashtagged out on Gun the guns. fact that after those exceptionally played trials, I didn't see shit. But whatever. Uh, although I would say that peak flaked was like the first five games of msi or something he was legitimately i mean he was kind of kaiser one-tricking but he was legitimately playing really well so yeah who knows like there's been and again there's another week break right like everyone gets the break g2 get the break like who the fuck knows what they're going to pull out but i do think Uh. that the players are flexible enough on that team that you could see some very cool and strong uh, potentially drafts for g2 um, with some picks in interesting positions because obviously Targamas and Flax have both shown that they can play sort of cheesy slash not completely conventional stuff so yeah who knows right let's move on to the third hope for Europe or well realistically the second placed hope for Europe you'd probably say at this point which is obviously Fnatic who are themselves two and one um, which is tied actually with T1 and EDG who are both two and one obviously they beat T1 fell to EDG um though again kind of similar to the g2 thing considering how that fucking game started that disaster level one at red buff uh they actually played them pretty close for large portions they were of the like game.
0: they were a team fight away from winning
1: yeah it, that it was
0: like com- was completely griefed
1: by certain members of Fnatic. yeah and i would say and I'll, I'll just before we go go into this actually uh before we talk about Fnatic, i just want to get both your a bit like to me having obviously again it's bo1s it's half of groups or whatever but no one has emerged and i guess we can put rogue to the side here because they don't count as like a pre-tournament favorite even if they're in the conversation or something now of the pre-tournament favorites like no one has really stamped their authority on this world's group stage at all like have you been impressed either of you also of UCL, have you been in, like really impressed with any of the world's teams like do you think oh shit they look you know really S tier just purely based on these opening games. Like, has any team stood out for you as a favorite? No, um, not for
2: now, but but I mean, like, you, you can't ever take the group stage performances in these uh, tournaments. Like, if you look yeah. at basically all the worlds ever, um. Group stage is a good reflection
0: of the, yeah, what's going to
2: happen. Yeah, yeah. Like you have to realize this is a best of one, and like even Rogue, right? We're best of one kings in a way. So if we uh, go to the group stage, who knows? Like we might just giga troll. Yeah. Like who knows, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think that is. I do believe that the every time a team went six zero they made the finals. I think that's correct. T1 did. Uh, I believe Samsung White was 6-0. Yeah, Samsung White was definitely 6-0 because the only game they it, actually it lost tuning, was the TSM. Was Suning 6-0? Was Suning 6-0 when they made the uh, finals? Uh, good question. I don't think I'm so. Not sure. Maybe not. Maybe not. Because, anyway. Because my...
2: Yeah, sorry. My, my vibe with Worlds is that um I think... At a certain point, when you get to the highest level, it's about adaptation. And something that G2 did really well in 2019 was the Xayah priority over Kaiser. This was actually like one of the biggest things that were winning them games, right? Zaya priority over Kaiser, they realized they could outscale, whereas every other team was prioritizing Kaiser. So, you know, I've, I've seen some of the interviews. I know they think they could have beat FPX if they played again or whatever, you know, or they changed the draft. But my vibe is that that meta read and then playing playing to side lanes super hard through caps and perks together, right? That was what gave them the edge. And fundamentally, or maybe individually, maybe they weren't as good as some of the some of the teams that were in twenty nineteen worlds. Because that, that I remember in that tournament, there were a lot of stacked teams, a lot of stacked teams that played very, very well fundamentally. And then they had this read and and maybe I think uh, that's what would be the the deciding factor. You know, who who has that edge going into this world's patch uh, in terms of the meta read?
1: Yeah, I mean that G two team was just built for adaptation in best of series, yeah. right? Like, I mean yeah, it was yeah. flex upon flex upon flex upon champion ocean. So it was, yeah. I mean yeah. that was special, and it was also just a combination of like the perfect storm factors coming together. Like the fact that Perks was now playing AD carry and could happen to play ADC champions and fucking majors. Mages, mages like, yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty nutty combination. Um, but yeah, but okay, the key, so, the, key yeah, champion was
2: the key champion yeah. was Zyre. The key champion was Zyre. Actually, if you look at the key games that got them through, it was actually Zaya. Obviously, all the other games, you're right, like they should get all the credit for that, but you know, no, but that's, that's what it comes that's down, what down made to. When the
1: mental, at because it's like, okay, yeah, sure, he can play Syndra, <laughs> Bot, brilliant, like whatever. But it's the fact that, that on like the one that's of the quintessential true. AD carries, he was one of the best Zaya players in the world. He was literally like a that's top true. three Zaya player in the entire world, which was just yeah. a, re- a really random string to his bow, which, yeah, changed the complete complexion. And also, it has, I believe, obviously this is conjecture, probably a psychological edge where people are like, holy shit, this mid lane is a god on Xayah. I'm going to assume he can probably play some of the upper like meta AD picks as well. Like that is not a, a silly train of thought to have. So I, I would imagine that maybe played into it as well, even if it wasn't true. Um, yeah. But yeah, so... I think on... RNG looked really good, just to go back to your question. But yeah, too so I think RNG actually looked really good. Yeah,
0: like if they're. I think they're playing to how RNG will win the tournament, and it, it's working. I don't. Um, when I look at everyone else and how they they're going to conceptualize beating RNG, it, like there's only a handful of teams that I think have even got the, apart from adaptation, that have even got the tools tools to even do it. Remember, because it looks like RNG are most likely going to get to play Bo fives. They're not going to randomly be eliminated by Bo ones. So mm. I think. RNG could be super super scary this world's in the BO5, and I think they they've kind of hit their stride quite happily with their team. Their jungle situation is dog shit. Like, uh, they're not a perfect team, but I had you had them as like world favorites. And if you were, if I was to like talk about the hallmarks that I wanted to see from them, I think RNG's like you know what I mean. The hallmarks are there. Well, the other people that I talked about as being tournament tournament favorites, they've not like. There's like a list of problems there,
1: like huge. Yeah. I mean, the as I said, the interesting thing for me with this world is that of the top teams and like the King Asian regions or whatever, it's like I've never seen, and albeit both games ended up in losses, but when an EU team has played like so below their par and still nearly won, like the G2 uh, game, for example, it's like G2 are playing shit and they're still nearly going to win. Maybe should have won against one of the tournament favorites. Like I do think, obviously it's a meme, it's BO1s, whatever. But just from that perspective, like optically, if you were like a random looking in without context, you'd be like, ah, the gap between these regions isn't that big. But uh, anyway, yes, speaking of pure copium, I'm sure on my side, again, let's talk about Fnatic. They are two and one. They are tied for first with uh, T1 and EDG. Um, And again, as I said, just like with the G2 one, even the game they lost to EDG They could easily have won that game. And you have to say, holistically, Fnatic played the game overall pretty shit just on the basis that, you know, if that's a scrim, you probably remake. Or back in the day, at least, you would definitely remake that scrim. Maybe people are more tolerant these days. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, how do you feel about Fnatic Seal? Like, do you think they're in, in good shape to make it out here? Do you like how they're playing? Again, they're probably the archetypal team, as you sort of suggested, where it's like they have quite a distinctive style and they're probably best served trying to play to that style? like how, how do you feel about Fnatic so far?
2: I mean, I'm, I'm, I've am i never really been a, a huge fan of how they play uh, as a team. And I've made this very clear. Like, I've been very transparent about this. Um, I do think that their plays are really good and they have the explosiveness that derives from that individual talent. Um, yeah, so I'm not a not particular fan of how they play the game. But that being said, do I think that it's good that they didn't change the formula? Yes, because... Uh, if it's not broken, don't fix it. It's like an older dodge for a reason, right? I think that it's important that they keep their identity and they do what they've been doing all year because I'm telling you these last minute adaptations, they're not going to happen overnight. The important rotations or like their macro or um, even maybe their lane phase or how much jungle attention, you know, certain lanes get, for example, these things don't cannot be changed in three or four weeks. They're, they're a huge process that you need to build over two splits let's get this like straight, you know, and if you don't have this process, and then you're really flipping that, um, you know, 50% of games, you'll do it correctly. 50% of games you won't. And that's not good enough on the world stage. So I think, uh, I think their approach was good. And, you know, you got to give props to Yamato. Cause I know for a fact on this particular case, he actually had input on it because of his previous interviews and what he said in the past. I know that for a fact, right. Um, and that's my evidence for it. So, you know, Best of luck to them. They're still EU. We I, I represent EU, right? And I want them to do well. Um, and m- maybe this uh, is good enough to to win it all. Who knows? Well, so I'm doubtful, but I, oh, uh,
1: yeah. so, so are you? No, I was going to. What, what are your thoughts, Kira? How, how do you They have the best them,
0: player at the tournament. Humanoids, the best player at this tournament from the last the three games as is doing is fucking destroying people, it's unbelievable. And then they have the probably one of the worst players at the tournament in Hellisang. They are literally the Jekyll and Hyde team. Holy shit is Hillisang playing bad. If Hillisang is plays even a fraction of his older self against ADG, they would have won. And if like some people like and on Fnatic, like fell asleep at the wheel during like the team fights like not using flashes not using cc really slow responses and stuff like people were like really critical of like upset like a uh, flashing in to kill viper um in the very last team fight of the game right i didn't see anyone talking about the fact that like uh uh what's his name Wonder had Flash to come over the wall and stun and kill Viper, and basically assure that he was dead, and the fight would have been, like, won from there, like, you know what I mean, like, people were just, like, people obviously seen, like, you know, like, Upset just running in and, like, just dying, but, like, there was, like, bodies to, like, back him up and move in with him, but the big highlight of Fnatic this tournament is, like, Humanoid is just bodying every single fucking mid-laner, even like, that game where, like, obviously EDG had the massive start, uh, Scout was just fucking the recall prince. He just kept on slapping that B button. He's like every single item time he was coming to lane. It was like oh, I've got to refill my pots. Uh, Faker the goat. You know he felt it. He thought playing and uh, Akali and Tazir was going to be a good idea with our pick comp. It wasn't. He got smoked. Uh, like they're all. It was, he's just. And I, the thing is, is I almost think it's impossible for humanoid to continue at this like level like, going further into the tournament. I just hope that their floor, like, comes up. Because, like, the way he's playing, like, right now is, like, no no levels of, like, you know I mean? Consistency. As if, like, he was to, like, keep on playing like this. You know what I mean? I'd ex- if he was to keep playing like this, I'd expect Fnatic to 3 the next stage of the group stage. Mm. Where I think they're more likely to come second, like, over more than anything else. Um, and, Like, yeah. Uh, like, that's, like, their ultimate, like, test. The other one is... is like wonder is basically like has like is now just eating like massive like pies of shit right now, Uh and like top lane, but he's actually kind of like doing it somewhat gracefully. And Razork's so much better. A lot, still a little bit of anything. I listen to like their comms and like Razork's comms are like cluttered as anything, but Razork. And the playing stage was really, really bad. I thought it looked like a regression to, like, the regular season. But these, like, past couple of games, he's been, like, pretty good. He's had some, like, really creative, like, team fight plays, um, feeling a bit more like himself. So there is hope, you know what I mean? Like, I am hopeful for like, a couple of things. Uh, they weren't, like, lucky in some ways. But, like, now nah, I think, odds or not, Fnatic will more likely actually make it out of this group than they won't.
2: Okay, one thing just real quick. I think that... Um... The, the positive side, the plus side to Fnatic is that Hilly's peak was Everest, right? So they need to give him, like they just need to give him some space, you know? As a fellow EU team, I wanted to do well, like give him a hug, they're all teammates, they need to play together or they're not going to win, right? Like it needs to be all five of them in the same spot. So I hope they figure that out. But the, the old um, the old myth is actually, I actually don't think that they were playing good as a, as a bot duo a lot of the year.
0: No, I don't think, but I don't think like,
2: halley been uh, good, like, at in, all. In terms of a 2v2, um, both both players, I think that in lane, they weren't actually as good as uh, that 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 people think they are. I think it was actually Razork doing a huge amount of uh, work in bot lane for them as well. So, it's just that out of lane, they're just, like, especially upset, right? This guy is a complete monster in teamfight. So, I, I really, I really think that, uh, I really hope that they'll sort that stuff out and they perform.
1: So here's a question, obviously, for both of you. I, I think, and this is something that people say all the time, which is like, well, you know, first of all, Hilly has historically had his ups and downs, but obviously it's been way worse this year, right? But also, this idea that, oh, you know, it's not his meta, like, Hilly can't play Enchanters, blah, blah, blah. What? Well, like, do you. Do you? Yeah, that is absolutely a narrative. Hilly can't it's play enchanter, engage- so he's doomed in the meta. That is.
0: It's an it's an engage meta now. Like, look at Ming. Ming went from being like a mediocre like support player to like being once again like categorically one of the best supports ever. Because once you get Ming onto engages, RNG just becomes
1: a different monster. Heli helps on you. Yeah, no, how I was, was going to say this. To this you. is my question though. Like, do you think that they should? Uh, if I'm if I'm a coach at Fnatic again. Minus any of the inside information, I have no idea, but just look purely looking at it from outside perspective. If I'm the coach, I am putting sang on his all-time favorite, most comfortable engaged champions. And that's all he's playing. Even if it's fucking Thresh and it's like, well, you don't have that much agency if, unless you're playing with a jinx or whatever it is. Like whatever his champion is, unless it's completely turbo fucking useless, I'm putting him on his comfort engage picks because I don't want to see Hilly on Renata again. I, I don't. Like, he's bad on this champion. He's just fucking bad on it. I don't ever want to see... Hillisang is one of the only people who can't stay safe on Yumi, right? Like, I don't want to see it. I want to see Hillisang playing max fucking comfort and considering how long, as Seal said, like, he has not played well basically the entire year. Upset's been more patchy. He had good moments. He was good oh sorry entire split yeah yeah entire spring um uh upset a bit differently he had his, his moments in playoffs or whatever but it's not like oh he had a bad week or whatever like now nah, enough is enough you're at worlds if you're gonna wait like when are you waiting for right you're at worlds put him on fucking comfort like i, I don't get it at all like he should just be playing whatever the fuck he most wants to play in my opinion um so yeah, I'm really not sure why that's happening. I mean, again, just from like a psychological perspective, I'm I'm not sure necessarily how much of this would be like your specific role necessarily on Rogue, but would, do you co-sign to that wisdom at all, Seal? Do you think like sometimes someone just needs to completely reset and just go back to what they're like most comfortable on?
2: Yeah, Um. sorry, I- I'm actually running short on time as well, but just to oh, answer yeah, no, this question. Last um, so yeah, so uh, to to answer that question, I'm actually going to use a quote that I stole off Yamato when you're not good at something, you need to specialize, right? I mean, I study all the coaches and I take what I can. I think that that's a very important skill, right? But he said that when you're not good at something, specialize, this is what he did in Sandbox. That's what they need to do right now with Hilly, right? That's what they need to do as a team right now. They need to specialize in what they do. They stuck to their identity. This is all good, right? This is what they need to do. And I completely agree with you, Rich.
1: Awesome. So yeah, I'm just going to leave you guys with a one answer question as we depart here, which is, and as I said at the start, Call it whatever you want I'm all in I'm I, as I was I'm the only person as far as I know I'm the only person with any kind of platform who just stayed all in on rogue the whole fucking year and I have got to the point where as I said I predicted they'll they'll be in the finals so with that being said with rogue definitely undisputedly being in the finals one word answer or maybe two words if their name has has two words which team looks most set to join them in the finals? What do you think, Seal? Like, if you had to guess now, who would be pick a finalist? What team's going to make finals? I'm just going to say Genji because they just looked uh, really, really good. But um, Rogue will
2: beat everyone. Will be uh, world champions, I believe it. Right, Koi Buff hashtag Koi
1: Buff muchos gracias. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True. Let's go, amigos. See, I told, I told Otto, right? Actually, no, I shouldn't say that. But basically, all you motherfuckers in Rogue should be farming that Spanish fan base right now. That's all I'll say. Like full advantage you guys it's are hard
2: if i'm not there that's a, that's the thing yeah true but, but you, you, do you just, do.
1: Yeah, just do it on twitter mate like those people are fucking all over it they just see something written in their native language and that's a free like and a free follow so uh but yeah kira one one word or maybe two word answer who's who's R-N-G. joining rogue rng so there you go R-N-G. so rge against rng in the final yeah. you heard it here first anyway thank you guys so much for watching that's uh from us today and for those of you who didn't catch the show i don't know why i'm telling you because you'll it'll be on youtube but you didn't watch the stream did you so completely mm-hmm. pointless line anyway thanks for watching guys and see you soon